0: Welcome to Adoption Adventures. Thank you as always for tuning in and joining me. At present it is wet and miserable out there, so if it's wet and miserable where you are, thank you for joining me on a wet and miserable day. If it's sunny, send some sunshine my way, I would love that. Um, So today's episode um, is following an email that I received from a listener. Um, And... I've, I've read the email a couple of times and tried to digest it, um, and I'm going to be talking about it on here. I'm going to sort of give you a pre warning. Uh, the email and its contents are very frustrating, um, and there's every possibility that I'm going to get on a political soapbox. Uh, within this episode. So if that is not for you, I understand, <laughs> I respect that, and I will just catch you next week. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out uh, the email in its entirety, and then I'll sort of respond to it, as it were. So... um. I've been toying with the idea of emailing you about this for a while now but after a particularly challenging week I thought it was actually very important to share my experience just in case I'm not alone in this. To give you some context, I am a full-time teacher and my partner and I have been approved since the summer holidays but ever since our Stage 2 training my workplace has been incredibly difficult. Initially I had to find my own cover for the three-day training and was told that if I could not find cover, then I would not be able to attend. We are obviously in the middle of a teaching crisis, so there literally is no cover, and I had to get my social worker to contact my head of school directly to speak to her regarding time off. On returning to school in September, I was told I was having a student teacher in my class, who was in fact not a student, but another teacher who was hired to cover my adoption leave, and did not expect me to be in the classroom either. We were both incredibly confused and disappointed in September. I was not only replaced within the classroom, but they had also hired a new member of the senior leadership team. And a few few weeks later, I was demoted back to just teaching, which they were able to do due to my contract being temporary as we are moving to be an academy. When I called for a meeting regarding these upsetting events, I was told the following. You brought it upon yourself with the whole adoption thing and to... Suck it up and deal with it, otherwise, we will have to look at redundancy. As far as I'm concerned, this is discrimination and blackmail. Naturally, I then met with the head of school, nature support, and executive head, where I repeated the comments that were made and called them out as being discriminatory and blackmail, only to be told that I am not allowed to melt down as we don't have time in the school day. I have also emailed those above the executive head over the last few months to arrange meetings to get this sorted, but I have been completely ignored. Of course things do do not improve. I was then pulled from the deputy head training that I was two thirds of the way through and was stripped of further subjects that I lead in um, throughout the school, which then leads to a pay decrease. I have been made to stay behind and manage the phone when the whole school have gone on trips. Being called out during staff meetings and essentially been made to feel useless and worthless every single day. If we were not already approved and starting our family finding journey, then of course I would leave. We are now in the early stages of a link with a child, which is just so incredible, but already I am so concerned with my situation at school. I'm terrified that they are going to do something to sabotage this. I'm fearful that they will find any small excuse to fire me or mess up my adoption pay whilst on leave. I have emailed over the dates that I need to attend medical advisor, transition training and our matching panel to be sent a whole school email a week later with those exact dates saying that all members of staff need to be in that day for a meeting or special event. I know I am a good teacher. I have very happy children in my classroom and good progress data to support this so i know it's not my teaching that is the issue but everything that has happened started when stage two of the adoption training started i want to share this with others in case i'm not alone in facing difficulties with work and i'm happy for you to share this on the podcast there's then the request that i obviously keep their name out of this because a concern that that could cause more more issues. Um, there's then a response if anyone has any advice on how I can get through the next couple of months before matching panel, I'd be incredibly grateful. Um, so uh, that was an incredibly disturbing email to read. I think. Uh, I'm not in this person's working environment, okay? And I don't know all of the factors. I'm also fully aware that in any situation, there are several sides to a story. So, and I'm sure this this listener and the the email sender will understand when I say this, that there could be certain things that are being sort of misconstrued in a meeting, misunderstood, or perhaps people are saying things And and context isn't applied and and things like that. It doesn't make it okay, definitely not. Um, And it's more times than not, it's actually how the statement has made you feel rather than the intention that was laid before you. But with all of that being said, there are far too many factors here adding up to make it sound like the, the person that has sent this email is not trying to be difficult, they're not trying to be antagonistic they're just trying to start a family and as soon as they've alerted their employers to the fact that they're doing this they're then receiving really really poor support or no support from their team um, and for reading that email it sounds like actually they're being singled out for wanting to start a family and i guess i guess i'd be sort of asking what happens when other members of staff fall pregnant what sort of behavior are the senior leaders taking against them uh, those members of staff are you seeing the same sort of thing happen if so then there's a fairly strong case to be brought here Um one thing that i've seen in my experience and i talked about on an episode a a long time ago is i have seen that heads are protected they are protected from up on high and i'm not saying they can get away with anything because of course they can't but if they are in favor with Sort of the powers that be makes it very, very difficult for anyone to actually do anything to invoke change, which I think is atrocious. Um, I think that head teachers obviously, obviously, are doing a wonderful job. And I'm not con- condemning head teachers and saying, you know, they can do whatever they like, but they do have a lot of power. And there aren't many places. There aren't many people that will challenge them and, and successfully challenge them through my experience. I know that when we had a head teacher and I was the chair of the governing committee, um I challenged the head and, and her behaviour only to be greeted by doors being slammed in our face and when I made accusations, valid accusations about racism and bullying from her. I was silenced and the entire governing body was disbanded Um, and at that point I had written to the head of education within our authority, I'd written to the of I'd written to the um, Secretary of Education at the time, I literally wrote to anyone that I could think to write to and I raised as many complaints as I could possibly raise only to be met with silence. which i found infuriating and disturbing um i have had experience of incredible head teachers and head teachers who have got nothing but the sort of like the the development and the consideration of their sort of their children their staff at, at the forefront of everything that they do and in those instances it's wonderful it's perfect but if if their vision isn't quite on par I think I think the dice is loaded in their favor um and I think that they can get away with a lot more than uh than I think that they should be able to as I said I'm getting political um so what would I advise to this uh to this person? there are several things that I'm going to suggest and recommend but i am not the only person out there so if you are listening and you have experience of this knowledge of this or an understanding of this and you have some ideas thoughts and suggestions and it's anything that i haven't said please do get in touch adoptionadventures123 at gmail.com and i will forward forward your messages on um, to this listener obviously taking your details out um so here are the things that i would be inclined to do first and foremost i would look to get as much of this in writing as possible i'd look to evidence everything so as you have a portfolio of evidence to demonstrate the behaviors that have been sort of laid against you i would then seek to gather intelligence and data from other people that have looked to start a family and look at the the sort of the career trajectory that they have gone on ever since announcing that decision Um, because it sounds to me like there is a sort of there's going to be a behavior here and it will continue and if you if you are a good teacher with good stats and good data and they have put you on a deputy head training course they have put you as part of the slt that demonstrates to me that they are seeing you progress they are seeing you do wonderful things and they want to support you which means there is evidence that you are doing a good job the only time when that is taken away from you is when you have announced that you are now going to become a parent that is discrimination and it's not too difficult to prove so I would evidence that, I would put a portfolio together. I would then write to the chair of governors and I would explain the full situation and I would take a motion out of it and just write the statistics and the facts. And I would indicate that you would like to make a formal complaint against your head teacher and the senior leaders. By doing so, the chair of governors has a responsibility to investigate the matter. Doesn't mean they're gonna fall down on your side of the camp because I would say 90% of the time, chair of governor and the head of the school, they are in sort of close connection, they need to be, um, but they've got, they would have built a a strong relationship and chances are they're going to read that and they're going to do what they can to protect the head. It's not a guarantee, but again, you need to go through the right channels and you need to get it on record. Um, Then you're in a bit of a difficult position. Again, I'm a little bit, naive in this area so forgive me if I make some sort of false statements here um, when a school becomes an academy it is their way of breaking free of the responsibility of the, of the local authority this again is when I'm going to go a bit political I think that this was a move by governments years ago um, when they introduced academies what I think it does is it actually reduces the accountability from a local authority on a school's behavior and a school's sort of um, outcomes. It's all becoming a bit more of a business instead of an educational establishment. So local authorities have less authority and less responsibility. But you said that they're not an Academy yet so I would raise it with your local authority and I would raise it as a complaint with them at the same time as raising it with the um, governing body because you want to trigger something before they become an Academy in addition to that what I'd be inclined to do is I'd also be inclined to raise this with Ofsted I would write to the um, chair of your local Ofsted and let them know the conditions that you have been put through I would copy your head teacher into this. You're already in a battle here. And unfortunately, you're in a battle that you're on the path to losing. Um, I don't mean that horribly. I don't mean that um, in a really sort of low way. But they, it, it, if I'm reading it correctly, it looks like they're looking to push you out. Um, they're working to reduce your skills, working to reduce your pay, working to reduce your sort of hand in what you're doing to push you out of the door what they want to do essentially it's an archaic viewpoint it's well if this one's going to have a baby let's get rid of them so as we can find someone that's going to be committed to our company instead um like i say archaic viewpoints but that that definitely looks to me like like their plan it's to to make you so upset and so despondent with the job that you end up throwing in the towel and quitting and if you quit that is you resigning not them dismissing you because dismissing you actually there's a lot of paperwork that has to go involved and they have to evidence why they're doing that and they're going to struggle to do that because these are all decisions that they have made whereas if you resign well then they've done nothing wrong and it's fine, it was your decision. So I would I would raise a formal complaint with your head as well. I would I would take the battle because like I say, I think I think you're about to enter one anyway. Um now you have to make a decision there because that's a very that's a big deal. And taking on that sort of battle I've got, to, I've got to say it's going to be a big challenge. And if you can't evidence these things, it's a challenge that you probably won't win. That being said, there is an element of, if you were to resign, you are able to then submit an employment tribunal um, case for unfair dismissal even though you have resigned you can say that it was under duress you were forced into resigning and as a result you had no other child no other choice and they forced you under grounds of discrimination there are so many case laws to support you as someone who is an expectant parent and there are laws there to protect people who are looking to become families and to ensure that employers cannot mistreat an individual because they are starting a family. So you have that ground, um, providing you have some evidence to go with, you're in a very strong position. From what you've said there, you're in a very strong position to be able to put that forward. Now, when I say that you're about to go into a battle that is very, very tough, I mean it. Um, any any employment tribunal case, any complaint against your manager is going to be difficult. But irrelevant of what um, industry you're in, you you're up against a pretty pretty difficult change, and by people that seem more than happy to really upset someone who is looking to embark on something really beautiful like becoming a parent. As such, the other sort of tip and guidance that I'd have here is. Join your union if you are not a part of your union and get them involved. Um, again, political comment here and possibly not a popular opinion. Um, I'm not a massive fan of unions. Um, I've never been a part of a union, but I've sort of been in periphery of them and I've seen what they do. And thus far my personal experience i've not ever sort of seen or experienced a union rep that actually brought to the table the the teeth that were needed to fight these fights and unfortunately they're not usually skilled employment um, advisors their training is usually quite limited to be able to offer succinct and confident advice and they go up against experienced and skilled hr professionals who know employment law very very well um now i may be wrong and you may be listening and saying hey i am a union rep i'm fantastic for what i do or you might be listening and going i've got a union and they have really really helped us and supported us and you know what wonderful absolutely wonderful, I am not against unions, I just think that they have, they only have a couple of things that they're confident with and are capable of doing. Um, Very often, strike action is their go-to approach and I don't think that that has the same weight that it, it needs and certainly for this instance, Strike action isn't going to solve the problem, unless you had all of your teaching staff say that you're all going to go on strike to support you, which they're not going to do. It's not the answer. So, like I say, I'm not, I'm not putting unions down. I'm just saying, through my personal experience, I'm, I'm yet to have a really positive experience with a union. I'd love, I'd love to hear others that have had great experiences. But even with that advice, I'm still advising you, join your union and get your union rep involved because you need someone to support you. And I think you need to make this a little bit more official as well. Now, within all of this, you've said that you're sort of, there's a, a possible link for you. That's awesome, that's amazing, and that is really fantastic, and we wanna, we wanna celebrate those moments. And I think you're right. There is a huge fear here that if you go down this path and does, does this some um, sort of school have the ability to really mess around and screw around with your sort of, your adoption leave, the, the days off and all things like that. It's, yeah, they've got a lot of opportunity there to really get in and do some damage. So what I'd be inclined to do, and this is a scary thing to do as well, I'd be inclined to book a meeting with your social worker and I'd be inclined to talk them through absolutely everything that you're going through at the moment and let them know that you have no intention of withdrawing or pulling out, but you need to let them know that these are the conditions that you're up against and ask them what their advice would be. Now, I know, at this point, you're, you're on the precipice of a, of a link. So you, I'm going to put words into your mouth, but I'm pretty certain I'll be right here. You've got a huge fear that your social worker, you'll say the wrong thing to the social worker, you'll tell them what's going on, and your social worker will go, oh, well, we best stop exploring this link because you're clearly going through too much. And you know what? I understand the fear. And it's not without precedent. There is every possibility that that will be a reaction. And that's scary. But in the same breath, if you don't mention it and you don't bring it up, it doesn't mean that you're not going through it. It just means you're going through it and then you've got to try and hide it from the social worker. That's not gonna make your life easy. That's really, really gonna make your life difficult. There isn't a benefit to doing that. The only benefit to doing that is it means that the link carries on and you get this child placed with you or children placed with you which is amazing, but you're starting off on the wrong foot. You're starting in a position where you're under too much stress, which means you can't commit your full attention to this child or children. Um, And you need to be able to, and I'm not saying that you're not, but a good parent puts the children first sometimes you have to do these horrible things and sometimes you have to take those leap of faiths that are really scary but that's putting your children first because you're announcing that there's an issue there's a struggle there's a concern that way the social worker knows what's going on and they can help you but at the moment if you've not told your social worker you're not giving them an opportunity to actually know the full picture and There are things that they might be able to do to support you. They are most likely part of the same local authority that you are working within. Therefore, they may have some connections and some people you could talk to, but they definitely 100% cannot help you if they don't know what's going on. Okay. I know that that will be scary, but I think it's really important. And it might be that you could say to them, look, circumstantial sort of reasons here i'm going to start looking for another job i'm going to be moving employers and i'm going to be doing this um, and they may say hey this isn't how we like to do things yada together yada, yada, yada. but actually for your mental health this is really important they may be able to guide you on different sort of laws or sort of information that I haven't been able to guide you on to help you to understand other things that you might be able to do here. But I do think you need to bring them into the fold. All of this advice and guidance has been around doing the battle, having the fight. If you are too concerned about doing those things i also understand that and i don't want to load your gun and then step back so another thought that or another approach should you want to go a different way with this another approach is that you could if you have concerns about what they're going to do with regards to your adoption leave and adoption pay you could just ask them to put it in writing what what you will be entitled to and therefore you have evidence and documents signed by them that they will confirm what they will do and for how long and you can just say hey I just need it for peace of mind and these are that's all information you're allowed to ask for um, and they can produce that you can then hold them to that it doesn't it's not a guarantee obviously because it sounds like they do some underhand stuff But it might give you the peace of mind to say, do you know what? I've got it on paper that they're going to pay me X amount for X amount of months. I'm now okay. I'm okay to do this. And if they do mess it up, at least I've got this to fall back on to say what has changed, you can't just make these changes. So I think that's perhaps a little bit more of a, I'm going to call it a passive approach, but it might help to pacify you as well and help you to feel a bit more confident. Um, with regards to the time off, I think that they are being particularly difficult here um, and I think I think what might work for yourself is if you ask to see all of their policies and procedures um, if you then review your contract of employment. Um, Within there, you'll have um, elements where you can look at paternity, maternity and adoption leave. And I'm fairly confident, not 100%, but fairly confident that within um, your contract and within adoption leave or paternity leave, maternity leave, I'm fairly confident that it will state somewhere that you will have X amount of months off for um, adoption leave. But there, there is also um, an allowance for appointments as well. Um, I don't know how many appointments, but I'm fairly confident that in maternity cover, there are, I think something like three or four um, appointments that you medical appointments that you can get instant leave for. Um, so look through your contract, identify that part of the contract and just highlight it and say, hey, I've asked for these three days. I asked before you sent out the all staff email about the dates. You didn't notify me prior to me notifying you. These are dates that I am not going to be in work. Um, All schools have an insurance in place to cover for staff illness and maternity cover, um, adoption cover. So they will have an insurance in place to be able to bring temp staff in to support your um, time out. So they have this in place and they can use it, they probably just don't want their insurance premiums to go up. Um, But essentially they have the resources available and you have a legal right to adoption leave. I don't know how much of a legal right you have to the um, appointments and sessions check your contract. If if it appears that um, they're gonna be difficult, what I would do again is I would talk to your social worker and just say, you know, you helped me with regards to the free day training. Unfortunately, my school's behaving this way again. um, I'm not asking you necessarily to change these, but is there any adaptations that we could make? Could we make them after school or something like that? Again, asking your social worker for sort of reasonable adjustments sounds like your social worker already knows that there's a bit of an issue going on there um, and might be able to sort of help you with that as well so that's my um, that's my overall view on this Um, I don't know how much help that's been I really really don't I'm hoping that it has been helpful but most to the point, I'm hoping that through talking about this, it's highlighted um, your story, because I think it's an important one. And what I'm hoping is pretty much what, what you've said in, in your email, that if there's somebody else out there that's going through this, that they reach out and they get in touch and, and they let us know, A, you're not alone, or B, you're not alone, but you could do X, Y, or Z. So I'm hopeful that through talking about this, we're gonna get some ideas and concepts on how to how to help you. Um, I do agree with you I think the adoption community needs to stand together and and support one another on things like this. I don't I don't think all employers are are doing what they need to do in order to support adopters quite often it's the way people will say to me when i'm meeting on training oh i don't know what our adoption leave looks like and blah 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 and i say speak with your hr department because they will they will be able to tell you and as, but essentially the law changed a number of years ago that adoption leave is identical to maternity leave there are no differences and so whatever your HR policy on maternity cover is, it has to be duplicated for adoption. Um, you cannot be discriminated for adopting rather than going through a natural um, pregnancy. Um, use, use your policies, use your procedures, use your contract, find some resources, get some data, get some evidence, make it formal if you want to go that route, or at least get something in writing to protect you for when you do go on the cover on the leave. Okay. Uh, Hopefully I didn't get too political there. I'm confident that I would have upset someone. (laughs) Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful that I've, I've just sort of, I'm just speaking from my own experiences here. Um, Please do get in touch if you've got any views, opinions, or sort of suggestions on this. It'd be great. Um, you can reach us on our social media. Um, Facebook and Instagram is Adoption.Adventures. And Twitter is AdoptionAdvent1. I can't wait to hear from you. I'll speak to you again next week.